Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, guys. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open, and Teresa's here. Hi, everybody. So last time we were talking, we talked about change. And part of that conversation led Teresa and I to really have some additional thoughts, which always happens after we record, to really think about what does it mean when we're diving into these topics. And one of the things that we really kind of honed in on was the fact that change is really hard. We know that. Sometimes it takes a long time for people to change their behaviors, but it's even harder when you have to look at yourself and maybe realize if you're the one that needs to change. Right. So, Because <laughs> our last podcast was, can people change? Which is what we always hope when we see, you know, something we wish someone else would change. But it didn't really get into what happens when people need to change from very problematic behaviors. Like if you're abusive or today's topic, which is, am I toxic? Yeah. Am I abusive? Am I the one that will not change? and chooses not to change and actively avoids an issue. I think this is really interesting because we get, I mean, I was telling you this, but we get a lot of situations, especially around mental health, where people who ask the question, can people change, are coming from abusive relationships because there's both the hope that this person will change because you love them, but there's also the problem that in abusive relationships, you push people to say that's unacceptable behavior and I'm setting up this boundary and then they gaslight you or they suck you in by pretending that they're going to change or tell you that they're going to change and then they don't change. (laughs) And that's part of the toxicity and the relationship. Yes. Everything that you say about framing the conversation to really make sure like we have not gone into an in-depth conversation around what it is to be a person who is abusive, which is not the same as am I toxic? Because when I think abusive, I'm really thinking very finite definitions of abuse, violence, things like that. But you tell me if I'm wrong. Yes, for real. I don't think that. I think if you're toxic, you're abusive. Because I think that those toxic behaviors are on the spectrum of abuse. I mean, so the issue is, am I really toxic or am I sort of toxic or does it even matter? Like if you're being a toxic person, you're leaning into being abusive, pushing people's boundaries, not respecting their space, being selfish. I mean, we get that question all the time. Like, am I selfish? Most people who are victims of abuse think they're selfish when they're not. People who are abusive and toxic, they don't ask that question until they need to come to some space where there's some serious change because they are so avoidant of their brain space and the fear that they are toxic that they never ask that question and they are in fact selfish, which is abusive. The word that you're using when you say abusive, provide the context of what that means. Is it for me, when I hear that, I automatically, my brain goes to like you are being physically hurt, you are being emotionally hurt, and this is done with intention. The abuser has realms of awareness. I don't think the abuser is straight up like, oh, I know I'm going to hit this person, or I know I'm going to be emotionally abusive or toxic, and that's the way I'm going to do it. 
So, you know, I'm with you with everything until you're like, well, I am aware of what I do and I'm going to do this manipulatively. Yes, they do it. They know they're manipulative. If you ask them, are they being manipulative? They would say no. And they don't often like to intellectualize. And this is like the kind of podcast where we sit in judgment, a lot of behaviors, but that's how do you, how else do you do a podcast called Am I Toxic? An example of some toxic behaviors, because it's too easy to push to hitting. Because by the time you hit to hitting or choking someone out and being like toxic like that, then it's easy to be like, no, that is unacceptable. 100% unacceptable behavior, right? Something is 100% wrong. But where a lot of relationships exist that's way more challenging is emotional abuse. And that's like a really toxic relationship, which has spectrums of toxicity. Examples are, you know, you have a partner who gets jealous and if you're saying to them on a phone call, like, oh, I'm talking to this other person, they're like, what? Who, who is that person? And then what all of a sudden you feel like is like you cannot have relationships with other people if they're not with that person. And then as it elevates, then they're like, when they get insecure about it, then they're like, oh, well, I'm going to kill myself if you leave me or isolating a, a person. Like these are all in the realm of emotional abuse. That's absolutely toxic behavior, but has spectrums, like little freaking red flags that you contend with, or you're like, is that a red flag? Like, is that like, okay, is that a toxic thing that you're doing that I don't understand? Because I, I'm like loving you. So I give you a lot of leeway. But these are red flags. That's that's toxic. Okay. So everything, everything that you just like, laid out there, what I think is most important of what you said is the fact that there's a spectrum. Because my inability to effectively communicate my needs to my partner or my friends or whatever, it can be seen as toxic. If you use the example of possessiveness, that's a toxic behavior, right? You don't want, you don't want to engage in that type of experience. But me doing it once and you telling me, hey, that's really not cool. And then I try to modify, am I still toxic? Or am I still, am I being seen as an abusive person because of that one behavior? Because the way that you're kind of describing is like you engage in these behaviors and that makes you abusive. You're, you're heading down the, the road of abusive. Are you talking about like a switch to when you're get given the label of abuser versus having behaviors that are abusive? Or like your behaviors are toxic. You're engaging in toxic behaviors, but people don't talk about their toxicity like that. They're like, I'm either abusive and I'm, or I'm toxic. And that's because we want to otherize experience. An example is, I know that because of my experiences, I also engage in toxic behaviors. I am emotionally reactive. When I'm very stressed, I can start yelling at my husband. And when we're very stressed, he's said to me at times like, wow, you're being abusive. And I'm like, whoa, it was like a slap in the face, you know, because I'm like, oh, crap, I've been in abusive relationships. My husband just called me abuser. And in my immediately emotional reactive space, I'm not responding to that with insight and care. I responded with, I cannot believe you called me abusive, you know, because I'm starting to do measuring where I'm like, I know what abuse looks like. You're calling me abusive. I'm not abusive. And then you step back and you're like, crap, that's what my abuser does. <laughs> Everyone makes excuses, you know? Okay. So I'm still processing with you because, again, I think you're right. Nobody comes into this place and is like, 
yeah, I'm totally a, being abusive right now, you know? Yeah. But there is a spectrum that you have to consider from me engaging in toxic behaviors, understanding the context of why that is, and then moving towards this place of you as a person understanding the behaviors that I have engaged in that I, that I normally go to, they are abusive behaviors. Sure. I mean, we all agree there's a spectrum. Let's yeah. move to, we agree that there's a spectrum of toxic behaviors. I think it's it's important to talk about the underpinnings of toxicity. So like when, when we first asked this question, the first thing that popped in my mind is like, it really goes back to that thing about selfishness. Like if I ask myself, am I a toxic person? Or if you look up, am I toxic? A lot of the things that people talk about around toxicity are similar to or just like selfishness. In that moment of your toxicity, you're only thinking about yourself. You're doing whatever it is that you're doing because you're only self-focused. You're not thinking about someone else. And then I thought underneath selfishness is often insecurity and fear. So then you lash out. And you're reactive. As, yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. So, and it's, I think that this whole space is so hard because we like to blame people. Like we need, we like to be like, and to label, to make sense of the world. Like, oh, you're a narcissist or you're toxic, you're abusive. It's way harder for us to have empathy for our abusers or ourselves and be like, where does this come from? Which is part of like the beginning process of how does, how do I change? All right. Well, let me tell you something. Everybody, if, if you've been listening and it's been a couple of weeks, we hold, we talked about grudge holding. So if you look at stuff online, it says if you're a grudge holder, you're toxic. So I'm a toxic person. <laughs> I mean, and, and I fully embrace that. I fully embrace that aspect of my person. The so, way you lash out as a part of grudge holding makes it problematic. It's not that you are a grudge holder, right? Because in that episode, we talked about how you grudge hold is actually a protective factor. I don't grudge hold enough, which is why I'm a doormat, which is why I've probably been abused multiple times and I keep being abused. But you're like, I have set up this protective factor. But the way you execute your grudge holding, that lends itself to, to sort toxic of a, behavior, a, abusively toxic act, yes. like like activities. <laughs> yes, because yeah, would you say that's true? Yeah. I mean, if you look at all the data that's out there, yes, because and now I have to say that it's not that I don't recognize it because I also know that that's something that I have to change, that I have to really think about and process how I react in certain situations. But what you were talking about, like the label, I think if if you would come to me, if, if anybody would come to be like, you're so abusive, I'd be like, what? No, I'm not. Every time. Yeah. Right? No. And then you're like, actually... <laughs> <laughs> actually actually when you do this you're like and i'm like oh but see i think it's easier for people to understand toxic behaviors and what it means and, and that spectrum that we're talking about so the underlying aspect of all of this toxic behavior like you said it could be you know past trauma that i've experienced it could be you know relationships that have caused havoc in my mind whatever but then the conversation has to shift. Like once I recognize that these are behaviors that are toxic and in some way, if somebody has told me this thing hurts my feelings, the way that you've done this thing, that's an indicator. That's a red flag. But how else am I supposed to know? How yeah. else am I supposed to know that I'm like 
trudging in this well of toxicity. That is so important. So because we were talking about can I change, part of the process is communicating a desire that your partner changes. When you go to tell your friend or your partner that what you did hurt me, the way they respond will 100% tell you if they are safe toxic or unsafe toxic or what I call like uber toxic, which is like abusive to the max and run to the hills. This person does not like have your nuclear flower in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, okay. Because yes, all human beings are toxic. We're because we're human beings, but that moment where you're like, Hey, what you said hurt me. And the way they respond to that, that always tells me run to the hills or safe toxic. Okay. So let's, let's stick with that. So when you're talking about like nuclear power plant toxic, it's behavior that's what thrown in your face repeatedly, no kind of inkling of like, wow, I'm so sorry. And, and real, um, intentions to change. The way I see it is like block. It's like blockade. It's like, I, it is hard for me to tell you that you hurt my feelings. And when I did it, you block that. You were like, pow, pow, pow. And pow, pow, pow looks like, no, I'm not. Uh, Excuses. Well, I did it because. Or what's trickier is like, if they kind of are nice and then they just do it again, which you're like, what? Did we ever have that conversation at all? Anger. That one's like really easy to see, but and it's scary as F because you're like, when they get angry, it looks like this is your fault. You're the one that did this to me. And it's so hard because I'm like, oh my God, because I experienced that kind of ex- relationship, I do that. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, why do we do that crap? Where you're, where somebody is like, well, you hurt me in this way. And you're like, you hurt me in this way. Holy crap. Yes. You know, this is not a safe conversation. This is not a safe space. And that, that to me, that is where you're like, Okay. The, the most emotionally stable person hears that someone is hurt and is able to take a breath and just like accept that space. But when we're emotionally reactive, I have to say this because in everything that you've described, neither you or I are like safe. safe. No, no, we're no. not. We're not safe. No, it's 100% true. Like, no. Yeah. We can't solve everything. All we can help people do is to first identify that specific question, am I toxic? So if I would have to answer that question, I would say, yes, I am. Yeah, I would say, yes, I am toxic. Yes, I can be toxic. I have the ability to be toxic. Yes. And I also have the ability to change. Where I think part of where my emotional kind of baggage sits right now and what you're talking to me about Mm -hmm. is the idea that when I have come to recognize that certain things about my person can be toxic in different situations, I have honed in on them enough to be like, yo, you got to do better here. Right. This situation comes up. You got to do better. Like if you really want to change and be a better person, these are the examples in your face. That's like, don't do this. Right. 
And that ultimately makes you more of a safe, toxic person, right? In the moment, you not might not be safe in that moment because we all know what it feels like to be in a heated conversation and need to step away. That's not wise to continue to elevate the anger. We've talked about blowing up. Yeah. But you're not like an unsafe, toxic human being in your relationship. And I would say if that's the way we define it, neither am I. I have learned what we went back to, which is when someone comes to us who is hurt or when we go to someone who is hurt, do you eventually come back, really listen to what they're saying and work on changing your behaviors? If the answer is no, then they are 100% like on the spectrum of very toxic and not going to change right now for you. Yeah. Run to the hills. If they say, I'm sorry. In the moment, I wasn't so great, but I'm sorry. I've spent time. I reflected. I really care about you. And they're prioritizing your words and feelings over whatever their emotional reaction is. I would call that under the safer, toxic <laughs> okay. relationships. All right. Towards so, healthier. Towards healthier, right? Like yes. that's what healthier looks like. Yeah, man. Healthier on, you know, the Healthy. grass is greener over there. <laughs> um. Let's talk a little bit about like some of the behaviors that are labeled as toxic. So, you know, I own grudge holding. Hand up. That's me. Mm -hmm. What else? You talked about selfishness, right? Emotional reactivity. Okay. Like in that moment, I am not thinking about the other person at all. I'm just reacting based on my own needs. Mm -hmm. So that looks like whatever the emotion is, it could be anger, blaming, guilt. That to me is like emotional selfishness. Okay. And then obviously hitting, you know, yes. we know hitting. the easier ones, any kind of physical violence or sexual violence. I would say too, like, well, you know, like an inability, like my inability to be able to judge like the mood that you're in so that I can then like, know how to do I have to tiptoe here or can I just walk in with everything oh lack of do you mean like lack of empathy like this person yeah. doesn't ever pay attention to how I feel yeah or what my needs are yeah mm -hmm. that person is just focused on their and this is interesting because toxicity when you read is like people who also are selfish conversationalists who only ever talk about themselves, what's going on for them. They only always want to take up your energy to make sure that they are taken care of. So yeah. They, which we they, talked about like in the friendship. Um, yeah. That's like a friendship toxic pod. relationship, yeah. right? That's a toxic yes. friendship. It's totally one-sided. Also like maybe if you use people. Always asking for favors, but never returning them. Yeah, man, if you're overly focused on yourself, and you never actually think about people and the way this sounds in your brain, is that you're constantly the victim. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a problem. Like, yeah, if you're always like, well, I'm the one that's wronged. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good sign that you're not being two sided in your view of things, right? No, you are not oh, always totally. the freaking victim. We the get world that is way. working against me. Against me. Yeah. When you're in that mindset, you're you're in that toxic head space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. good can come from this space. Yeah. 
Which is weird because for people who are abused, like you, you actually have been the victim of a lot of abuse. And, and it is true that for many people who become toxic, they have experienced really deep, hard pains. That's why the way they are, right? Those experiences are deep and painful and probably happened very early in life. So they're hard to unpack. But what I know is that you take all that pain from childhood and you just spill it into all your other relationships. So yes, you were the victim when you were a child and you haven't really worked through how it was, but now you're taking that experience and you're spilling it into all the other relationships you have, your friendships, your partnerships, your parenthood to your children. And that's how that cycle like continues and continues until someone has enough distance from it and help to get better. Like that kind of drives us in a different direction because I, one of the things that um, kind of sticks to me. Yeah. And and what you're, what you're saying is like, I I do believe there's a connection to what has happened in our childhood to maybe what's happening to us today, but I could still be in a, like an adult and have had like a fairly, you know, you know, a, a good upbringing and like, you know, good emotional state, whatever never really had any traumatic experiences and I'm, and I'm, and I'm good. I'm generally good. Right. Whatever that means. And then as an adult, I, I go into a, a relationship, a intimate relationship or a friend relationship or whatever. And I've never encountered somebody that is toxic. Then that is not something based on my childhood. It's just boom. It's the first time that I've ever experienced this. And then from that moment on, I am, like I've embedded all that stuff into my head and then now I react this way for every single thing that's happening. Oh, totally. And this is what happens for people who had perfectly fine childhoods but came into abusive partnership, romantic relationships. So there's yeah. a recovery period post abusive domestic interpersonal violence that Yeah. you could experience that as an adult and also carry that forward. That reactivity and a lot and this is a lot about trauma. Like that's why it's like being a toxic person can be a reaction to selfishness as it relates to a traumatic experience. Yeah. I wonder if that's where, yeah, I think that's where one of the key kind of points comes out in our conversation that a a really important question in you asking yourself when you say, am I toxic? And like, you're like, "Mm, yeah, kind of dude. Yeah. Uh huh. I am. You're like understanding where that comes from because it didn't just happen. You know, it's like you just went picked it up on a shelf and it's like, fine, I'm going to own this now. And it's like, no, you got to understand and really be able to break it apart to then figure out my possessiveness around my relationship with Teresa is due to the fact that I never had friends. So the one friend that I really value that doesn't talk to me, it's really hurtful. Right. So. I'm giving you an example so that you can then bring it back down to that why question. That why question for me has really functioned um, really well because it helps me because I'm a logical kind of thinking person. You know, I need to break things down into smaller pieces that helps me find the pinpoint of like, oh, dude, that thing that happened that one time has then filtered into every single experience. Yeah. It you takes know. it can take a lot of time to recognize that you're being reactive in a way that is now toxic yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I think most people don't even realize it until they're like late adults. Hence me going to apologize now to many people. <laughs> 
I mean, to recover from toxicity does require a lot of sincere apology. It's totally. A little, it's a little like AA, you know, you're like, mm. oh, I have to take accounting of the way I've hurt people. I mean, a- alcoholism is a toxic behavior. It's really horribly selfish. And yeah, like you prioritized your own pain and poured it into a bottle. And then yeah, you did a lot of crappy things. And that was super toxic. And now you have to apologize. Yeah, I think coming out of this conversation what what sticks out for me is the need to be able to really understand who you are. And know that from our previous conversation, right, people can change, I really do believe that. But when you get into the space of toxicity, you have to be able to recognize the problem for you to be able to do something about it. Otherwise, then it just gets watered down with everything that happens on a day to day. And only when these situations come up, it's just like, yo, something's happening here that needs your attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think everybody has the capacity to be toxic. I agree. It is up to you whether you're going to ask the question is what I did toxic? Why did I do that toxic thing? How did doing that toxic thing not prioritize the other person in a way that reinforces selfishness? Mm -hmm. Why is that problematic? Why does that suck that I do that? And then what am I going to do to change? I feel like the, the, all those layers, we never, I don't want to see anything talk enough about the, the layers that has to be happen for a person to change their behaviors. I'm sure not even hitting all of them, but that's just like what's popping out my mind right now. Yeah. Because there's also crying and there's crying in between. And there's also probably some drinking and some self suck, like self hatred, like self pitying. <laughs> there's tons of self pity and just like. Yeah also pushing back and it's like grieving it's like grieving the reality that you're a toxic person then you go through all that like denial which is why you you know <laughs> gaslight people and who me yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah man yeah 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 this is this is a heavy loaded topic i think we're gonna have to continue to have conversations about this yeah if something came up to you in your mind when we talked about this ho- heavy topic get on an email email us at podcast at mhanational.org. Let us know your thoughts because we're just going to kind of work through these things together. You know, these are complicated relationship related issues. So um, some of my favorite people are on social media like TikTok who are breaking this down into small snippets. Like if you're in your recovery journey and you're either someone who is toxic and you're trying to figure out how to not be toxic, go. the internet is a wonderful place. Keep diving. Ask those questions. Search. The alternative is true. If you're asking these questions because you're a victim, there is a space for you to you don't have to accept the toxicity we put out at you either. (laughs) You know, you don't. The easy the best thing you probably could do if you're in a very difficult situation is make sure you have people around you to surround you and help you feel strong to help you make those decisions and then execute them the way you need to to stay safe and prioritize yourself. Good job. So we, you and I need to go eat some Cheetos or something and just like get in a better safe space because that's a hard topic. Yeah. All right, people. We're going to talk to you next week. Send us your comments, your ideas. We'll be on the lookout. Keep finding the open, everybody. Thanks all. Bye.